The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited to have you guys around. Uh, we are so excited to have another great guest. Uh, I'm getting a little background uh, noise there. We'll see if we can shut that down. We're so excited to have everybody here. Um, so... Looking forward to uh, today's guest. Um, first, a uh, big announcement. Uh, excuse me, announcement that I have before we get going. Um, the lead-in song. So a lot of people have been emailing me and texting me, hitting me up on Facebook about uh, that lead-in music, and so it's been a big mystery for quite some time. Uh, but uh, the mystery is out now. So that song is actually called Switch, and so for a long time that was actually just uh, our lead-in music. Um, we had Chase Hampton and Damon Pampolina on the show uh, several weeks back. Um, I actually managed and uh, produced a group called The Party, uh, which was mixed up of a group uh, of people from the original Mickey Mouse Club from back in the day in the early 90s. Uh, they were going to be doing a comeback uh, after about 20 years. And so uh, I brought those guys back and produced a, a album that we never really released, but we did a few singles. And that song uh, was Switch. And I can't get that uh, that uh, to stop uh, beeping behind me. But uh, that song was Switch, and uh, that has now been released on iTunes. So if anybody likes that music, anybody wants to hear that song, it is called Switch by the Party. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, Damon Pampolina surprise released that uh, on July 5th. Uh, so anybody who wants to hear that song, you can do that now. So let's get to our guest today. Super excited, super supportive of the guest. Um Today, he's an author, instructor, consultant. He's got over 30 years of business and government planning and leadership. After a distinguished Army career uh, as a tanker, information technologist, and logistician, uh, Jay developed and ran multiple project management and organizations and programs for Lockheed Martin, L3 Communications, BAE, and Jacobs Technology uh, for U.S. Central Command and U.S. Special Operations oh. Command. Very distinguished career. Uh, with a special kinship for military personnel, he provides guidance on su successful civilian career transition. He is a co-founder of Great Transitions for You, uh, where speaking, writing, and assisting organizations on the value of hiring military personnel is the key focus. Now, this is near and dear to my heart. Um, I obviously have brothers in the military. Uh, spoke very highly uh, when we were talking about the Chicago PMI event that I did uh, about their, uh, that big uh, project that we did out there. Uh, where they were transitioning the uh, military veterans into project management, doing project management training. So I'm so excited about this topic. Uh, uh, without further ado, let's bring uh, Jay in. Jay, how you doing, buddy? Great. Thank you, Rick. Doing well. Thank you. And can you hear that beeping? Because it's bothering me. Can you hear it? 
I can I can hear it very lightly on my end, but it's it's I'm I'm good with it. If you are, <laughs> I'm good. I think it's I think it's almost uh, almost done there. So that's perfect. Uh, so Jay, uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, great transitions for you. Um, I know that we're going to get into some books and, and everything else, but um, h- how did you get started into the business of helping transitioning military personnel? Well, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a uh, been in the service for 20 years. I come from a military family. Uh, everybody uh, that would spend in my family for generations have been military. My wife was uh, Army, and her father was Air Force. And both my boys, I've got one in Afghanistan and one at Central Command right now. And wow. uh, so I'm very excited, you know, about the military. And then I spent 10 more years as a defense contractor. And you know, I got out, and I was so surprised when I got out at some of the things that I learned. Uh, that I didn't know and understand about being in the commercial world. And um, so I began to realize there was a lot of knowledge um, that I could share with younger folks that were getting ready to make their transition after doing 10 years in the in the contracting environment, which I call the hybrid environment. So, Yeah, and it, it's very t- – I have uh, two brothers. So I have one, uh, I believe, is WO5 now, 101st Airborne, uh, is in Korea. I have another one that uh, uh, transitioned out. He's in pharmaceutical uh, management now. He was in pharmaceutical sales now in management. Uh, but, yeah, very difficult. Um, you, you know, my brother, uh, this WO5 now, uh, looked at, at coming back to civilian life. Uh, I think he was about to try it, and, and when he looked at the prospects of that, uh, decided to re-enlist. And uh, so uh, when you look at transition and, and I think what we offer and things like that, I, I, a lot of people find that very difficult. Do you see that uh, uh, in that market space for them? Well, yeah, I think that uh, we see more and more folks. Uh, we're going through a drawdown period, so we have a lot more folks getting out. Um, the good news is there's there's a lot of great capabilities out there to help people transition but generally, guys uh, and gals that are in the service are very loyal. They're hardworking, and they end up working until their last day, and then they're completely lost when it comes time to transition. And really, uh, it's something you have to start early in uh, figuring out how to put a resume together, figuring out how to put a network together. You know, you can't just jump out of the military and, and jump into a civilian job unless you've gone through significant preparation. And Again, out of uh, for a variety of reasons, folks will stay uh, focused on their job until the very last minute, and uh, and by then it's almost too late to start. And there's almost a different language to it as well, right? The the whole military language versus civilian language, and, and learning how to translate those those different languages for themselves. It really is, especially when you start talking resume items, and you know the first thing that a lot of people want to do is take their evaluations from the military and look at those and figure out how they can relate that as their experience. And uh, it's a challenge because they don't have the right vernacular yet and they want to put down uh, nomenclature and acronyms from the military. And I tell you, uh, you and I both know that uh, most civilians really don't have a clue what the numerical unit representation is or or what the specific acronym is, and so we just go over and over again about, you know, you got to be able to translate uh, what you are doing in your task into commercial terminology for the hiring managers to be able to read and uh, respond to uh, your resumes. And if they can't figure it out, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to call you. And, and that's, that's a great frustration for many. 
I think that's a great example. I, you know, I said W O five just a second ago, and and I think that that that's a certain, you know, it's a warrant officer, and, and I think you you have great respect for that level. If I said that to anybody else, they are like, mm, that's cool, right? But uh, yeah, for a lot of people in the military, that's that's a very high rank, and, and and something that my brother aspired to. He's worked very hard for, and and for anybody in the military, they they give them great respect for that level. Uh, to you know, a CEO, he'd be like, "Yeah, whatever, let's go." Right. So I, I, I think it's unfortunate, but uh, that that's what happens quite a bit. So you have a business associate as well. Uh, who who is that, and how'd you how'd you guys meet? Well, it was interesting. Uh, my my business associate and uh, partner uh, and co-author is uh, Sandy Cobb, and Sandy and I um, both met shortly after I left the military. Uh, interestingly, she was coming into the DOD environment. She had already uh, owned her own company. Uh, she had been a consultant for PricewaterhouseCooper, and a very bright lady. And so, she, but she just didn't know much about DOD. And we were working in the joint environment, so we had Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps all together in joint environment. And she really uh, didn't know much about that yet. On the other hand, I was coming out of the service. And I knew nothing about business or project management, and that was my very first job was being a project manager for uh, Lockheed Martin. And that's where we met was at Lockheed Martin. And the reality is uh, we were able to help each other a great deal, um, I sharing uh, my knowledge of, of DOD and the joint environment and hers uh, with the business side and, and the project management side. It was invaluable to me because she pushed me to get my project management certification uh, and help legitimize uh, what it was I was already capable of doing, but just didn't really know the civilian terminology and how to approach it uh, in, a, in a commercial methodology. And, and you said her name is? Sandy Cobb. Sandy. She's still and at, at uh, U.S. Uh, Special Operations Command. She's uh, working strategy there uh, for, uh, for the IT department at, uh, at United States Special Operations Command. And, and to me, I'm sorry. I'm I, I am a project management geek through and through, and I can only imagine the projects that are going on there. And uh, not only just in in sheer scope, um, I I've got to think about it in the coolness factor, but also just in in the sheer uh, importance factor as well. Well, I was very excited and honored uh, to help develop and put together the project management organization at U.S. Special Operations Command. The goodness in it was uh, Sandy and I had already developed one at Central Command back in the mid-2000s, so we already had that knowledge going into it. Uh, but as you can imagine, uh, at any given time, uh, there'll be 100 or more projects going on simultaneously, IT-related projects, that is to say, uh, for uh, a tremendous number of personnel around the world. I think there's uh, last... I knew there was around 80,000 folks around the world and uh, lots of networks and, uh, and new technology. They're wanting to always have the latest and greatest technology possible, obviously, for security reasons and others. Um, so it was a very exciting environment, very dynamic and very demanding environment. Uh, we had 23 project managers uh, at various times uh, working uh, a multitude of projects that's very exciting. So you alluded to something there, and uh, we're going to take our first break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about it. But you said that Sandy was your co-author. And, and I think we want to lead into that, talk about some of your books, your book series, uh, what they are, what they talk about. So uh, when we come back, we're going to visit with Jay Hicks. 
Um, he and Sandy Cobb has has written a series of books uh, specifically about transitioning uh, transitioning military personnel. So when we come back, uh, we'll be talking about that. You're listening to the Work Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back with the Work-Life Balance uh, with Rick Morris. Uh, We're going to find my motor skills to my mouth today uh, as it's another Friday. Uh, We've kicked off football practice this week uh, with my kids. Uh, We've got a lot of speaking engagements coming up. I'm going to be in Orlando all week, uh, the week of August 15th, at the John Maxwell events. Uh, So for any of my Maxwell uh, friends that are going to be out there, I will be at those seminars. So please seek me out. Uh, Again, you can find Switch on iTunes uh, by The Party. Uh, August 9th, I'm going to be in Atlanta. We'll be uh, at If Then with uh, Dee Dee Magno Hall. Uh, who is part of the party, and she's going to be uh, doing the final portion 
of If Then uh, out there in Atlanta. Uh, so if you've not had a chance to see that show, that's going to be the final run of the national tour before they do any uh, other dates. Uh, so her and her husband will be out there. So you definitely want to go see that show. If you haven't had a chance to see that, you're in, in the Atlanta area. Uh, and they're in Kansas City right now, I believe. So uh, if then with D.D. Magno Hall, part of the party and a fantastic person to go see. Um, also voice of Pearl on Steven Universe. Uh, we're here with Jay Hicks. We're talking right now, the transitioning uh, military project manager. Um, he has a book series, and, and I just named the title of the book. You've been uh, co-authoring this with Sandy Cobb, Jay. Um, why did you write these books? And, and just tell me a little bit more about this book series. Well, um, it's been a long journey, as you can imagine. Um, as I mentioned a little while ago, uh, I was in the service myself. I've got boys in the service and I realized a lot of people have a challenge transitioning. I, I did myself. And this series is all about the service member and the veteran and trying to help them find good quality jobs. We actually take their skill sets that they learned while they were on active duty or in the reserves and then take those sets of skills and use them uh, through a mapping process to get them to identify good related commercial jobs that they can go into based upon those skills. And then after the mapping process, we then take them into um, the ability to see the kind of the education, certification, and the way the resume should look uh, so that they can go out and obtain those good quality jobs. And that's why there's a book uh, on logistics. Uh, we have a lot of logistics folks in the military. It's called the Transitioning Military Logistician. Uh, we've got one on project management. Um, Project management is interesting because we, we, we truly believe that all military people perform projects all the time. They just don't realize uh, how closely related they are to commercial project management, and they need to uh, learn a vernacular. We help translate some of the terminology for them in that book. And next week, or the week after, we're getting close, uh, we should have the Transitioning Military IT Professional coming out where we talk about your IT skills in the military and then we help map those to the commercial world and talk about uh, certification and, and, and how to get ahead uh, during your interview process as you go forth seeking uh, an IT career field in the commercial sector. And a lot of IT professionals there. And, and uh, you know, again, it's, it's all about um, translating the, the vernacular, like you said, um, but but taking that skill set, it, it's it's people recognizing what we do for a living and, and the skills that you've learned. Um, certainly, the there's a tremendous amount of training that you receive in the military that you don't recognize has those translatable skills, and, and I think it's important for them to recognize that. Oh, I agree completely, um, especially in the area of project management. Uh, you know, the really neat thing about the project management world is that uh, Sandy is. Uh, uh, introduced me to project management. She was already doing tremendous things within the Project Management Institute. And um, together we came up with a concept of the military liaison. And we built uh, a program, and what we called a cookbook, on how to implement a military liaison at local chapters around the country. And we really pushed at the grassroots level of the military liaison concept at all the chapters around the, the country, the PMI chapters. And uh, we were able to speak at LIM last year, and we, we and then uh, other times we've had a lot of uh, conversations with uh, a regional meeting, so on and so forth. But uh, we're very proud to announce that PMI has 
due to our efforts and, and efforts of others, the uh, as of last week, they announced their now uh, military program uh, to help try to bring in and uh, help military make that uh, jump from uh, the active duty and the reserves into commercial project management. So it's a very exciting uh, time within uh, within PMI, I think, for military people that are seeking that career field. And uh, I think the big introduction of this will be at uh, LIM out in San Diego this year as well uh, for for the military uh, folks that are desiring to get into that career field. And for our listeners, LIM is the Leadership Institute meeting that uh, is a collection of chapter leaders for the Project uh, Management Institute, uh, all the different local chapters. And, you know, I speak at a lot of the chapters uh, around the world. I happen to participate in Chicago recently, and, and I've spoken about this on my, my show before. They have a phenomenal program where they had the, the a, essentially it was a competition and it was led by military personnel. So every, everybody that participated on the project teams were military personnel. So they had a project leader. They had somebody who was in charge of budget, somebody in charge of schedule. So each one of them played a project management role. And then they had overall kind of like program manager. And uh, then the projects themselves were funded by a nonprofit group. And then the projects also were benefiting somebody from the military. So they were putting on a basement, they were fixing up a house, doing things like that. They were benefiting some of these transitioning military personnel. And then they all submitted these projects into the PMI chapter of Chicago. And then they selected a winner. Then the winner uh, then came in and presented their, you know, their scope, their schedule, the results of the project and all that kind of stuff to the chapter. And I happened to be there uh, for the presentation of that award. It was a really, really cool concept. Uh, had multiple people there, lots and lots of learning and translatable skills, as well as the end result is there was benefits, you know, physical, both mental and physical uh, to to these military personnel. So I was, I was blown away by that program. Couldn't believe it. It was really, really cool. So I'm working uh, to, to, to try to continue the push this with the uh, at all levels uh, the military uh, project manager and then along with the uh, the IT book and the logistics book we've got more books coming out um, I think the cybersecurity book will be out later this year and a very exciting book for me uh, personally is the combat arms book um, that I'm starting work on now and that will probably be out in 2017 that's fantastic that's fantastic Especially around cybersecurity now. So uh, with the work that's certainly going on in, in the things that are happening worldwide right now, cybersecurity is becoming one of the forefronts, not only uh, for companies, right? But that's essentially where <laughs> war is being fought today, whether people know that or not. And so the training and things that, that people are receiving in the military and, and how that's going to translate to the corporate world, they're going to be our most skilled assets, I believe, uh, in that space. I, I I couldn't agree more. We have a, we're very fortunate to have uh, Dr. Ray Latier of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, he's working on the cybersecurity book. Uh, that is his function for the Marine Corps. He's, I think he's chief of cybersecurity for the Marine Corps. So we're very fortunate to have him as part of our team to help put this book together. Because uh, I certainly don't have the skill sets to do that, but this is his bread and butter, and uh, we're very very excited about getting this book out because there are a lot of folks. Uh, that I understand not only desire to get into that field, but the government is going through a significant hiring effort for cybersecurity professionals right now uh, during 2016 and into 2017. 
Yeah, I just watched that documentary, and I'm not sure if you're aware of it, called Zero Days. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Unbelievable, but essentially, it's out there, it's in the news, and things. but there's still so many people that won't talk about it. But Zero Days essentially was, uh, I can't remember the name of the virus, but it was talking about the virus that took down the uh, Iran nuclear plant. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And essentially, again, this is where war itself is is being fought now. Uh, through cyber worms and cybersecurity and everything else. So fascinating field. Uh, and again, unbelievable uh, of where things are headed. So why was the project management book first in your series? Well, um, it was really our wheelhouse. As I mentioned earlier, Sandy uh, had been involved greatly with the Project Management Institute uh, from early on. Uh, she helped uh, me learn about the career field, and uh, push me towards uh, uh, project management professional certification, which I'm very, very appreciative of. And we understood it, and it became apparent uh, with uh, statements by the, by the president of PMI, uh, Mark Langley, and others, that uh, there was a desire and an understanding that military personnel did project management already in the military, um, but they just didn't understand the commercial terminology and that the commercial terminology once understood and transferred into their resume and trans- translated uh, into their vernacular as they talked with hiring managers uh, enabled them to, to get, get great commercial positions as project managers because they, they constantly are developing schedules and working timelines and trying to figure out uh, the, the most effective way uh, to get the job done uh, with, uh, with uh, the minimal amount of materials and, uh, oftentimes. So it's just a, just a natural career field for them. And um, I really, truly believe that uh, veterans and service members uh, will always make great project managers uh, with the work ethic and things of this nature. I completely agree. Work ethic, um, certainly understanding of the the chain of command, um, understanding, uh, I think, stress levels uh, is a big one. Uh, And and I saw a a couple of uh, passages and chapters in your book uh, around stress, managing stress, understanding stress levels and projects. Um, I think all of those are great attributes and, and, and just understanding the discipline, I think, that it takes to be a project manager. I think that's one of the biggest undervalued attributes of a great project manager is great discipline. Um, not only the discipline of, of just general discipline, but discipline to do a process or follow a process, even when an organization or a culture doesn't want to follow that process. Does that make sense? It makes really good sense, Rick. I tell you that one of the things that we do in the book is we look at the core values that the services instill to the soldiers and Marines the airmen and the and the sailors, and the reality is that uh, those core values, uh, interestingly enough, uh, many of them were expressed by CIO magazine a couple of years ago as the same attributes that make great project managers, and and it's just really uncanny um, that these guys are doing the job and they just don't uh, understand commercial terms and they're they're losing out. Uh, to other folks uh, in in the competition for these great jobs, unless they take the time to go forth and and, and seek out uh, information and learn how to translate some of their terminology into the commercial world, and we take time to do that. We talk about 
the uh, uh, the vernacular. Um, you know, things like foresight and and knowing how to lead and good communications. These are all great attributes of project managers. But we have the same thing in the military. You know, we have our own jargon and vernacular. You know, somebody that knows and has good foresight, we say that they have a good read on the situation. And people that are great communicators, we call them, you know, say, well, he's got a silver tongue, you know. So they already know these things. They just need to learn how to put it together in, in, in a commercial resume and, and talk to the hiring managers about it. That's perfect. We're going to take another quick break. Um, the book that we're talking about is called The Transitioning Military Project Manager. You can find that on Amazon.com. Is there a website they can get that too, Jay? Yes, there is. Uh, great, G-R-8, Transitions for you.com great transitions for you and like you said um, their project manager and the transitioning military logistician are both available on amazon as well perfect so while we're taking a break go to amazon.com take a look at that book and order it and so that way you know it's coming so uh you know it'll be on the way while we're talking about it in the next couple of segments so uh we're going to take a quick break you're listening to the work-life balance with rick morris Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment, and not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development, to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And thank you for joining us on another Friday at the Work-Life Balance. Uh, We're talking to Jay Hicks. Uh, He is a co-author of the Transitioning series of books. Uh, And particularly right now, we've been talking about the Transitioning Military Project Manager. Uh, And with this show being called the Work-Life Balance, uh, Jay, uh, a typical question for me is, you know, with the service uh, member perception of of transitioning out of the service – what is that typical service member perception of the ease of the work-life balance in, in, in that transition? Well, the, the, the transition, is, is, as I mentioned earlier, is a significant challenge for them because uh, military folks, and, and you're probably aware of this, uh, they're 24-7. Now, they could be, uh, you know, seemingly coming home at 3 in the afternoon some places, but the reality is that they're on call 24-7 just like a, a fireman or police officer. If there's something big going down, um, there's an expectation uh, that, that they're going to get a phone call. And the reality, years ago, the Navy and the Marine Corps uh, had very distinctive patterns. They'd go out to sea for a year, come back for a year, and the Army was typically going to take a hardship tour or two in a 20-year career. But today, life is completely different. Uh, you know, Cold War's been over for, for years, but we've effectively been at war ever since then. So for 25 years, um, young men and women uh, have been constantly going back and forth to the Middle East, uh, sometimes deploying five to seven times during a career now. Uh, back and forth to the Middle East, and it really leaves a lot of drama in the family and uh, significant uh, issues, as you know, with suicide and PTSD uh, with the families, and just predictability. You know, how do you know if you're going to make it uh, to your son's ball game on Saturday? Uh, you don't necessarily know you're going to going to be there. You're planning on it. It's on the calendar, but but you don't know for sure because they could call you to do staff duty or something else during that time period. So when they go into transition mode, uh, the two things. One is uh, they, they are so busy and focused on the mission at hand at work and trying to take care of their families that um, they often don't think about their commercial uh, job coming up and what they're going to do when they get out of the service until it's, it's sometimes too late. And, and now they're sitting there looking for work um, after they're out of the service. And that's unfortunate because... Uh, if they started earlier, potentially they could make that transition seamlessly. The other thing we talk about in the books, uh, too, is, is the work-life balance associated with different sectors uh, that they might go into, such as uh, civil service or the commercial sector or defense contracting, which I call hybrid uh, sector, and then, of course, entrepreneurship. And they all have a variety of work-life differences and work-life balance differences and uh, so we speak to that as well. So they get an indication of what they're getting ready to step into uh, so they don't necessarily jump out of the frying pan into the fire, depending on what their desires are. Yeah, I've always seen uh, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, and I, and I know this personally because of my brother, uh, multi-level marketing being a big thing uh, seems to be in the military families. Have you seen that? I've seen a lot of guys do that. Um, and the thing is, they're, they're very, most military folks are very driven and can be successful at entrepreneurship. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time talking about entrepreneurship, but I've known uh, a lot of folks that have uh, uh, been very hardworking and diligent and, and, and 
and done well at it. Um, so I think it's just one of those areas that, that you've got to realize that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, uh, there's no such thing as a 40-hour work week. You know, you're, you're on always, and, uh, and I think that's a very important concept that uh, you're going to work hard if you go into entrepreneurship, and your work-life balance is going to be uh, a challenge for a while uh, because you're going to have to pour your heart and soul into the, to the organization. Amen. <laughs> As an entrepreneur of two companies, I can promise you uh, that we, we talk <laughs> quite a bit about that. It, you know, it's funny. I, I did a speech uh, uh, for a, a entrepreneurship group here in town. Is you know, and they said, you know, how do you run two successful companies? And I said, you don't talk about the thirty-seven that failed. That's that's how you run the two uh, ones that are successful. So, um, so let me transition a little bit on you here because. Um, uh, I did read the book and I was fascinated by it and, and, and I got stuck on page 42 uh, and where I got stuck on page 42 here for you and, and I know uh, as an author of a book you absolutely know what's on page 42 I'm just teasing um, the, <laughs> it was the military milestones and project management and, and again I was just fascinated by it I love the history of project management um, and, and again the recognition um, and when we're talking to project managers, and uh, I had Frank uh, Saladis, uh, I don't know if you know Frank, I had him on the show last week. Uh, but, you know, everything that we touch and everything that we own it w- was a project at some point, right? So the iPhone, the, the, the laptop, the car, everything that you touch. And, and, you know, project managers really need to be excited that, you know, we say as our, as our mantra, what I say when people ask me what I do for a living, I don't say, well, I'm a project manager, right? I, it's, it's not a boring thing. Uh, I say, I say, I make people's dreams come true. You have a thought, you have an idea, you have a business dream, whatever. I'm the guy that can bring all the people together and, and make you realize that dream. And so, when you, when I'm reading page 42 of your book here, um, just the the military milestones and project management were fascinating. And uh, to to pick out a couple of here that were my favorite, uh, the the Polaris uh, PERT scheduling design, um, yeah. the configuration that I use PERT. Every day, it, I, I cut and paste a, 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 into my contracts. I, I do it for my cost estimation, my schedule estimation. So, for those people out there that don't know PERT, explain PERT and why that's so important. Well, I think you know, Rick. There's several pieces here that are that are, that are really important because we go back to talking about the, the the young man and woman getting into project management that thinks they want to be a project manager but they don't realize the genesis of a lot of the project management tools that we have today uh, were from the military. And, I, and I'm really glad you brought this up because it's, it's an exciting area for me. You're right. In 58, uh, the Navy wanted to launch the ballistic missile project uh, during the Cold War, and, and PERT was used to analyze tasks and identify the minimum time to complete the projects. Uh, the, the reality is that uh, you know almost uh, 50 years earlier during the almost failure of the Panama Canal, uh, there was a, a major George Washington Gothels uh, that was inherited the, uh, the Panama Canal uh, from Roosevelt. It's just unbelievable to say, here you go, Major, make this happen. And uh, to do that, he assigned three uh, different sectors within the uh, Panama Canal I came up with uh, a leadership for each one of those sectors and forced them to come up with uh, all the tasks associated uh, within each sector. And we actually see the beginnings of the first work breakdown structure, which is just such an exciting tool uh, we use all the time. And then 10 years later, uh, as we were trying to figure out how to get out of the United States and get over to Europe for the uh, First World War, um, 
William Crozer, general of the uh, Ordnance Corps, brought on uh, a mechanical engineer named Henry Gant. And the name should sound familiar because he was the guy in charge of putting together uh, the, 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 the getting out of the country, the mobilization for First War. And to do that, he developed the, what we now call the Gantt chart, which is so famous. Um, and, and D-Day, of course, was a massive project uh, that uh, Eisenhower talked about, um, saying that uh, it was a project so unique as to be classified as completely fantastic, because uh, they built artificial harbors on the coast of Normandy. And I just think it's extraordinary to know that all of this history uh, is the genealogy and the DNA of military members, um, and they're wanting to get into the project management career field, and there's a good chance they don't even realize uh, how all of this uh, came out of the military and is a lot of the concepts, terminology, and tools that we use today within commercial project management uh, were developed from the United States military. Yeah, and it, it almost like the birth of the mandated day too, right, with Polaris Missile. What I always loved about PERT and what I loved about that story is, you know, when we were going to solve our diplomatic crisis, we had to know when we could fire that missile, right? And, and there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? We, we couldn't bluff. And so when they're saying, what are you going to be done with that missile? We couldn't go, eh, I don't know. Because we, we, we had to be able to fire that thing so that we could solve it diplomatically. And I love, you know, I love the history of that. And so for the first time, we had to be able to come up with an exact date, even though we had all these unknown engineering issues that we had to come up with. And PERT was born out of that. And PERT, which is Program Evaluation Review Technique, you know, came out of the best case, most likely, and worst case. It's a normal engineering curve. And, and so basically says we're going to take our best case and four times our most likely and our worst case, and we're going to divide that by six, saying that one you know, is going to happen in our best case, one's going to happen in our worst case, and four of it's going to happen in our most likely. We're going to come out of that, and that's so ingenious. And, and what I love about that is we can take that now, and, and I teach project managers this, and, and, and we can take that and let's, let's put that into plain English. And our plain English is, is, is when I'm describing this to an executive, is, is I'm not trying to not commit. What I'm not trying to do is overcommit. And so I always say, how long does it take you to get to work? And so when, I, when I'm talking to an executive and I, they say, what are you going to be done? Say, I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to be done between October 10th and November 15th. But I just, I just don't want to give you a date and be wrong. Well, why, why can't you tell me a date? I don't know. How long does it take you to get to work? They go, 20 minutes. Really? Every day? Yeah, every day. How long you been here? 10 years. Great. 220 work days in a year. You've been here you know, doing it 2,000 times. So you say 20 minutes. What's the fastest you've ever made it to work? And they say 15 minutes. Well, what's the longest? Two hours. Well, what happened? Well, there was a traffic accident, right? Or weather or whatever. I say, great. So you just, you, you've done something 2,000 times now, and you just gave me like a 700% variance. That's project management. You can't guarantee me on October 17th next year is going to take you 20 minutes to get to work. Those are the variables I have to deal with as a project manager and that I'm trying to help you with. And I just don't want you to be wrong. And when you start to put things into those relational steps, that's when you start to succeed as a project manager. And that all came out of PERT. And I love that. I love that. That's, that's when the project management geek starts to really come out in me, Jay. And you don't even want to get me started. I mean, well, that, that, you just talked about three of them. Don't get me started on the other 15 you've listed. <laughs> 
Well, it's a wonderful example, and, and I'm, I'm going to put that in my kit bag as well because that is often a challenge for, for, for young project managers is, is everybody wants to pin them down on a date, and it's so hard to do. And, and, and the young and experienced project manager is going to say, yep, we're going to be done on this date, and it's going to happen by God on this date. And, uh, and the next thing you know, they're, 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 they're in a terrible situation. And um, I think that's a wonderful uh, example that you've given and, and, and needs to be shared with everybody. Well, I appreciate that. We're going to take our final break here, Jay. We're going to let the sponsors do their thing, pay our bills for us. We'll come right back. We'll have our final segment with Jay Hicks. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for our final segment uh, for today in the Work-Life Balance. We've been uh, visiting with Jay Hicks. He is the co-author of the Transitioning uh, Military Project Manager. He's got uh, a couple of other books, and uh, we'll be talking about some new ones coming up here. Uh, Fascinating book. Uh, Again, Jay, I appreciate uh, you sending me a copy. I've flipped through it. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I I loved uh, just how well it was uh, uh, laid out, how well it was written. Uh, Even uh, like on page 133, you've got the Rosetta Stone, which I thought was hilarious. Um, uh, 
because uh, it was clear, right? So the Rosetta Stone uh, was translating your military experience uh, to the PMI certification application process. It was very clear, uh, helped the military personnel uh, be able to fill out an application uh, to, to get their PMI certification. Uh, so things like this, I think, is just an invaluable resource um, to, to anybody that's out there. Um, I think even, you know, for people sometimes that, that aren't even military, I think it's very helpful to them as well. Well, thanks, Rick. I think the, the book does do that. Uh, we use a lexicon to describe uh, different terminology uh, so that you can apply those to uh, your application, as you were describing, and also your resume. And as you go through and learn the terminology, uh, you'll be able to talk with a hiring manager easier. So I think that's great. And the Rosetta Stone certainly takes the military planning process and, and defines that uh, and equates it to the, to the PMI standard uh, process groups. And so I think that's that you would find in the PMBOK, and I think that's an um, invaluable tool as well. And as you were saying, it's, it's a pretty exciting announcement. Uh, so PMI has now embraced this and embraced you guys, and, and so the big announcement is what? Well, we're very excited. Uh, this past week, uh, they rolled out the new military veterans program, and that's basically telling the chapters that, hey, we're ready for you guys to embrace the military bases that are nearby your geographic locations because we see goodness uh, in the service leadership that the uh, servant leadership that the military can provide. And we think it's a great outreach program, too, to help the military. And it's a very popular thing right now, and in vogue, thanks be to God, to try to help out military folks because they do need the assistance. And so we're very thankful that PMI has this new program, and uh, they're going to be speaking about it in San Diego as well, and I think that's uh, coming up in October. I think that's going to be another big push for them out there for that. So we're excited. Very great. Very, very great you know, on this program. I, and I'm excited about that. And I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for what you've done here. Um, you know, I'm not somebody that went through the military, but obviously have great respect uh, because of my brothers. Um, I, I think it's it's one of the things that that I, I get upset about quite a bit. Um, you know, as we look, uh, I'm enamored by the 50s and 60s. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I love... I love the way they were treated then and can't stand the way we look at it now. And, and it's almost a desensitization of war. And I don't know if that's through video games and in movies and everything else that happens. Um, but people put their lives on the line every day for the very same rights for, for people then to turn around and complain and, and not do the things. And I, I think the things that are going on with the VA and things that are going on with for our military personnel we do probably 0.25% of what we should do for our veterans. Um, and so when I see programs and when I see PMI, and I think it's way too late, um, but I'm glad it's there now. Um, and, and when I see these programs start to come through finally, um, and I start to see it and I feel a momentum shift. And so like you say, Grace uh, is there, uh, it's, uh, it's time. It's time that we really start to embrace and really start to look at what's going on. Um, this is one of the longest wars that we've ever had, um, and it's still going on. And people almost forget that we still have people deployed in Afghanistan, people deployed uh, deployed in Iraq, uh, and in we have a depleted military right now. Uh, the spending isn't near what it was, um, and the people are still volunteering to go. And they're the bravest people that I know, and the bravest people that I want to be around. And I think we owe a huge debt to the young men and women today that are that are that are over there, 
And uh, as they get ready to, to transition out, uh, I just want to, uh, every advantage they can have to, to, to make, make that transition as smoothly uh, and as lucratively as possible because they do give a tremendous uh, amount uh, in service to the country, and I feel like uh, the country uh, needs to help them uh, get back on their feet when they do decide to get out because it's not always easy. Totally agree. So you've got one other big announcement, right? You've got the third book coming out. When is that headed? We're really excited. I think uh, in the next few weeks uh, we're going to be hanging uh, the transitioning military IT professional on Amazon. Uh, we're very excited about that book because uh, we'll be able to help the young men and women that uh, are in the IT career field in the military or they just have IT skill sets and they are desiring to get into commercial IT, and this book will help them go through the permeations of that and help map those skill sets uh, to uh, commercial IT uh, and and also to civil service and, and defense contracting, if that's where their interests lie. And then finally, where can people find you? How do they get in touch with you? And obviously the books are on Amazon, but where else? Well, right now the books are on Amazon. Uh, the project management book is certainly available through the Project Management Institute. It's hanging there. Uh, we're working uh, diligently with the military exchange system. I think uh, we'll get our books into the uh, AFES here uh, in the next uh, few months, and uh, that'll be very exciting because I think we'll really be able to reach a lot of servicemen and veterans uh, that are trying to, to get the assistance uh, necessary to make this transition um, also, you can uh, reach us uh, through greattransitions4u.com. That's G-R-8, transitions, number four, letter U.com. Um, that's our website, and you certainly can get to the books uh, that way as well. Well, Jay, we certainly appreciate you uh, spending the hour and uh, sharing uh, your story with us and uh, your message, and we thank you for all that you're doing for our military personnel. Well, Rick, I'm just delighted to have been able to spend an hour with you, uh, and, and you're just such a uh, wonderful host, and I really appreciate the, the time and the ability to help spread this word and uh, so that we might be able to help some more uh, service members and veterans uh, make that uh, transition to the commercial life. And I look forward to uh, being there with you uh, in person in San Diego as this announcement's being made. Oh, great. I look forward to meeting you, Rick. That would be wonderful. Absolutely. And uh, next week, uh, we'll be live again here on Friday at the Work-Life Balance. Uh, I think it's going to be just me. So uh, we'll find a topic uh, that uh, piques my interest and uh, find out what's in my heart uh, next Friday uh, as we go through that. Uh, I know upcoming shows, um, we've got uh, some pretty exciting ones. I've got uh, uh, Todd Thomas coming on, uh, who is a uh, baseball coach who has leveraged some of his uh, skills there into a coaching career uh, for executives. And I've also uh, got Jen Henry coming on, uh, who is a medium who has taken that skill set and uh, translated that into a real estate career, which uh, is fascinating. And, and, and I, I've had a uh, personal conversation with her uh, yesterday, uh, and you're not going to want to miss that show. I promise you that. Uh, so as the Work-Life Balance continues to innovate, bring some fantastic guests on, uh, and always tries to pique your interest, we love the listenership again uh, this uh, listenership continues to grow literally by 40% month over month, uh, and we love you guys for it. 91 countries are listening to us, uh, and we can't uh, appreciate you guys enough for, for being a part of the show. Um, thank you again to uh, Jay Hicks for participating, and please go purchase this book. 
Uh, it's the Transitioning uh, Military Project Manager. It's on Amazon.com. And uh, for everybody, look, you know, when you're you're traveling, you see that military personnel uh, from whatever country you're part of. Uh, please reach out to them when you're when you've got that first class seat and you see that personnel there. Give up that first class seat. Do whatever it is uh, that you do to to make their lives more comfortable uh, every day because they. Uh, provide the freedom in which we can do shows like this on a daily basis. Uh, You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.